Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. In this episode, how to matter to someone. Your primary desire, all of ours, is to matter to other people. If we want a raise or a promotion, we must matter to someone in charge. If we want a sale, we must matter to a prospect. If we want a relationship, we must matter to the person that we're pursuing. If we want friends and any companionship, we must matter to them. So how do we matter? Well, in this show, I believe we have maybe the best tactic, literally. Give people what they most want encouragement. I mean, everyone, including yourself, myself, we want to hear positive feedback regarding ourselves. We all want it. And some folks desperately, desperately need it. And when we think of the word encouragement, we generally don't give it the gravity it deserves. It sounds like just, you know, a nice thing to do. Using it is literally, though, harnessing a superpower. We're selfish beings. Uh, Be selfish. Encourage people and matter to them and see what opportunities arise. And I'll tell you folks, this show did not, as you're going to hear, did not start off with this focus of encouragement. It was uh, to be a Q&A show with Scott Stearman regarding our influence on others. Scott was my guest in show 777, where we discussed just that, how we are literally influencing others. But briefly into the show, we got on top of, uh, of encouragement and it was, I was hit with the reality that Scott is a king of encouragement. His father's a king of encouragement, Zig Ziglar was a king and chief purveyor of encouragement. What could possibly be a more important topic? So I just went with it, as you're going to hear in the show. What followed was, I believe and hope, uh, is us making a case for the power and really necessity of encouragement and how it can elevate our lives as much or more than those we try to elevate. So we'll get started right after I share some great products and services with you. Well, Scott, you know, these shows, the initial show that we did together that was so deep uh, and, um, you know, thinking of the influence that we have on other people, our responsibility to it, uh, how we respond to that is really what the the show focus drove me to. And that's where I wanted to hear from our listeners. And I was trying to pull some of that out and get real responses. And I'll admit to you, uh, which is why I ended up posting two different questions to try to round it out, that it was difficult to pull out. I mean, the book is so profound to me as I read it, I get it. But then to question myself, it is, it's turning it around and going, well, what is my influence? And to ask people that, I will just admit that I, I even grappled on how to articulate that question. So we're going to play around it. So this is, again, just like I said, you and me having coffee, uh, talking about people's responses and uh, just seeing where the spirit leads, my brother. So I'll, I'll start off and just asking you your thoughts. If that question's asked to you, Scott, if everyone in your life had to give an honest testimony of your influence on them, good and bad, how do you feel about what they would share today, right now. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous, and I got introduced to Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond Bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family-owned since 1935, and I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra-rich, smooth taste, and right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Well, obviously, I'd I'd feel good if what they shared was good, and I'd feel bad if what they shared was bad. But, <laughs> right. but uh, what I hope I would hear would be uh, that because I had been in their life, something about their life was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were they were better. Uh, better equipped uh, socially because I had given them just in, in affirmation and in encouragement, which is a huge thing that I learned from, it was passed down from my dad, yep. uh, was encouraging someone. That's probably the best affirmation that I received from friends. When they do that, that's probably the one that means as much as anything, Yeah, is you encouraged me to try or you encourage me to believe in myself that's a huge one you encourage me to want to be better and and so the idea of encouraging someone to to see themselves and to see their life through a fresh lens by speaking words into into them that that encourage them and help them to see the truth of who they are that they don't even necessarily see it's it's like it's like Terry when she says that i helped her look at things when i would say look at you mm-hmm. look at what you've done mm-hmm. look at what you've accomplished S- just stop and look at everything good about you. The world is better because you are here. It's that kind of encouragement that that we don't get very often. And when someone says that to us, I mean, all of a sudden I'm standing a little straighter. I'm standing a little taller. I'm walking a little with a with a with a better gait. I'm I'm more confident in my day. Because all of a sudden I feel like I have something to contribute, even if it's even if it's a word, if it's encouragement, if it's if it's just that kind of help for someone along the way, it, man, if someone says that to me, that's as big a gift of affirmation that I didn't waste that day, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I took advantage took advantage of that to speak into somebody's life. If we speak into somebody's life, that's that's a huge thing. That's that is a way for us to, in a sense, have immortality. Our influence, our influence will, will outlive us. Yep. And so that when I'm gone, somewhere, somewhere on this earth, I hope there's still somebody around who will say, my life is better because I knew that guy. Or I'm more successful because I had somebody years ago who who told me I could do it, and I tried because they encouraged me to try. How huge is that? How big a gift is that for someone to give another person? So that would be that'd be my hope. Well, it's a good hope because it's a true hope, Scott Stearman. And uh, as I live and breathe and stand here now, that's what you have been to me. Uh, You you know the stories I have that my family has. And folks, he mentioned uh, Terry. That is my wife that he is speaking about. And uh, you have been that. You have, have brought that from your father. You've expanded on that in your own voice. You've encouraged. Scott, another thing, speaking of encouragement, that I have not thought about coherently at least or concisely in regards to encouragement that you just made me think of is when I get that testimony, as you're talking about where somebody speaks of how I have benefited their life. I often initially have a little bit of a struggle accepting it. Uh, I try to shut that off and, and, and just say, thank you. But it makes me then want to live up to that. I often don't feel um, adequate for their praise, but it makes me want to live up to it. Uh, well, no, it is. It's what you said. It makes me stand a little straighter, stand a little taller, stand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. But how many, how many, how many experts in the self-improvement genre 
say the same thing that if you speak it and believe it, it can happen. Or if you, if you conceive it, you can achieve it. You know, right. it's, it's all that, all that stuff, right. all those cliches, but it nevertheless, the cliches, but they're still very true yeah. that if you think, you know, I mean, the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. The way you perceive yourself becomes who you, that, that, that is who you become because that's, that's how you see, that's how you see your life. In in my book, I talk about, uh, there's a story about an old soldier visiting one of my military monuments. And he, he just, you know, he, he totters up to the, up to the monument and his crooked pose. And he, he stands straight. And for a moment, he pulls a sharp, proper salute. And he remembers glorious and horrible days, but they were days when he participated in something that mattered. He knew he had participated in something that was lasting. He, he had a moment of self-approval and he, he was now standing in that moment of remembering I did. Okay. I was faithful. I was true. And I, and, and I served well, you know, I, I mean, I just love that. I love that story because it's such a metaphor for all of us, because we're all going to be there someday. And when we look back, will we be able at the end of my life, will I be able to stand straight in a moment of self-approval and go, I didn't do everything right, but I can honestly say I tried my best. Yeah. In those moments. And you know, I've got, I've got my whole list of failures and successes. And I look back over that rough and winding road, but I can stand in this moment of self-approval and say, you know what? I tried my best. So encouraging others is part of that and accepting the encouragement from others Mm. is part of that too. Yes. That's one I've had to learn um, because you tend to, you know, people tend to do that to brush it off. Oh no, not me. And and it takes the blessing away. And so it's, yeah. And you know, you know what's happening in that there's a transaction there because because they are offering you a sincere, uh, it's a sincere offering from their, from their heart. It's from their soul. They're saying something that comes from the core of who they are, of what your life or your influence or your work has meant to them. And they are honoring that. I learned early on in my career, people would come up to me and they'd say, oh, you know, your sculpture is so is so wonderful and you know this and that and the other and i would in false humility say well no it's not really that good you know eh, you know there's a lot of problems i could have done better and this and that and, that. and in that moment i was refuting what they had just said they were offering me a piece of their soul so that's that's an important that's an important thing to extend that to others but it is just as important to receive it from others because when others extend that to you they're really offering you part, a glimpse into their heart and their soul these are the things that matter to me these are the things that that are meaningful to me this is something that touched me deeply and i want you to know that you have participated in that with me they're honoring you in that moment. What we do with those offerings from others says a lot about us. Yes, it does. Scott Steerman, do you remember talking about church services and uh, wishing that when something happened within a service, when something significant happened and the pastor then says, okay, well back to my uh, my plan and today's, and we wish, why didn't, why wouldn't they just go with the spirit and, uh, and, and lead where it seems like the energy's going. We're going to do that today, Scott. Um, oh, because, because okay. I got, <laughs> cause, cause this is my show. And because I have one of the Kings of encouragement on the show with me 
And why did I not make that the focus to begin with? Because here we're talking about it. I don't know if there's anything more important and we're going to go that direction because it also happens to be the Ziegler show. And this guy, Zig Ziegler is, uh, who touched, you know, uh, 250 million plus people and growing was a king of encouragement. And the things that he had to say about that are quoted and put up on people's walls. Uh, there's quotes that people have memorized. There's books that he's written about encouragement. And yet today, even, even right here, right now, I feel remiss. And how often do we talk about the power of encouragement? So Scott Stearman, uh, as I live and breathe right here with you today, I don't know what could be more important because, and let me set the stage here, folks. So, and you can talk about this. You, you came by this, uh, with some, uh, with some good, some good baggage. Can we say that some good background because your father was a master of encouragement as well. I had the opportunity to experience that. You know what folks here, I, I I'm always told I don't tell enough personal uh, stories. Here's one. So in 2002, is that right? No, that's not right. 2007. How about that? 2007, I'm going to say. I'm building a house. You were building your house. Yep, building a house. We designed the thing, general contracted the thing. I did uh, a significant amount of labor on the thing. And before that time, I had built a set of shelves out of a bunch of sticks. That was the extent of my contracting uh, know-how. And so I'm doing this. We bought land that cost too much. We're building a house that was too big. And (laughs) you would come out. And do just what you talked about and go, Kevin Miller, look what you have done. As I'm sitting out there thinking, oh my gosh, I am the world's biggest idiot. What on earth have I bitten off here? And you would come out and encourage me and fuel me up to keep going. And your dear parents came out there. I don't know if more than once, but it's the one time I remember. We've got straw bales. Folks, if you don't know, I have a straw bale house. You can find that on Facebook as well, but it's a big house, got straw bale walls. They came out, sat on some straw bales with us, and we had Subway sandwiches. And your dad's looking around, and I think he started off by biting in that sandwich going, that is the best sandwich I have ever had. Because I think nearly every moment that he experienced was the best moment ever. And so he relished it. He was doing that, but he looked around and said, Kevin, look what I cannot believe what you have done with your hands and your mind and your will and you're making this happen. And I just, I lifted off the ground, uh, those words. And I've gotten those from you as well. And yeah, like we said a minute ago, it made me want to live up to that. I think, I think for me more than the fuel of the encouragement, it just, like you said, straightens me up. And when my wife testifies something, when my kids do, when I get a testimonial from a listener and I read it and sometimes, and it's not all, it's not that that I have a, a negative self image, but you know, I think to some extent, everything, the things that we do are, are not as big a deal to us as they are to other people. It seems normal for you sculpting, making a masterpiece. I mean, it's just what you do to us. It's unprecedented. And so when we testify, it may be hard for you to see your own mastery, your own brilliance. And so when I hear like, really, man, I, I want to live up to that. And sometimes there have been times when I thought it's, it's almost hard to accept what that person said, but you know what? I, there's no better motivation that could possibly be given for you to do, uh, to testify to that. And that is something, Scott, we've taken to the kids. We did that this morning with, with the two boys, Ian and Canyon, and it was a project they did. And I was just, you know, going right to the point and I stopped myself and said, you know what, guys, I am so proud awesome. that, that you, yeah, that you cared enough about this project. Mommy and I gave you or mo- their mommy, actually Terry, that, that she gave you and that you invested yourself I'm just so proud of your effort. And of course they just, they're back straightened up. Just like you said, that was probably more beneficial than the topic at hand. You are listening to the Ziegler show and a paramount episode on encouragement with Scott Stearman. Get ready for Scott's next piece here where he charges us on how much encouragement costs. And I think we all need to hear this point. So we'll get right back into it after I share some great products and services with you. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA, 
the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Okay. Think about what you did this morning. Yeah. How much did that cost you? Nothing. It, what is the return on that investment? What you said. It's, it's a, what did you say a minute ago, Scott? It's a, 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 being, becoming immortal. Yeah, yeah. It's, your, legacy, your legacy will endure way past your, your days on this earth. Yeah. I am... Uh, my, my dad modeled this, obviously he was the king of encouragement. If you go, I'm in, a, I'm in a town here. We go to a church of a couple of thousand people. My dad used to be on staff there. If I go up to anybody who knew him 20 years ago when he was on staff and I'd say, how would you describe my dad? They would say, I bet 100% of the time he was such an encourager. Now, when I think about taking this conversation into the into the community of listeners that you have, Kevin, uh, when you when you have something available to you that you can invest in your customer, that you can invest in your employees, that you can invest in your family, you have something that could be this incredible return of value. You own it. It's in you. What does it cost you to extend that? What does it cost you to extend encouragement and affirmation to your employees? Mm-hmm. What does it cost you to extend encouragement and affirmation to your children? It costs you nothing except your own personal investment from your heart. It doesn't cost you anything tangible. It's can you overcome the baggage from my dad didn't let me play high school football and I'm bitter about that. And so I'm not going to encourage anybody else. I'm going to be a taskmaster master as a boss and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run a tight ship and, you know, doggone it. You know, they're going to do things my way. Okay. What's the return on your investment to, to go the other way? It is huge. Your investment is so small and the return and the reward is so huge. I, I do not understand. In fact, I have been munging on this and thinking, 
I think this is another book. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, because how many stories and how many horror stories do you hear about bad managers, bad business owners, bad politicians, people who do not understand the economy of giving away something that costs you nothing to get something that you cannot buy. It yeah. just seems like it is just seems like this is an ob, this is an absolute absolute obvious choice that people in leadership should should exercise constantly because it costs you nothing. Okay, let's dig in right there though, Scott. I agree and yet because Terry, Terry, my wife, she said she said the same thing, and she is so much more of a natural encourager. She has a lot of natural encouragement in her. I, I don't. I don't. It's not a natural thing. That I mean, there's things that you know come natural to you. There's things that it just doesn't. I don't think about it. I tend to be. I tend to take for granted what is going right, and to focus in on what's not and what can improve on what and what's weak. And there's some places. There's a lot of places where that, there's a need for that, but it does not occur to me naturally. Now by my efforts to transform myself, I'm more aware of it. And so take a morning, uh, a thing like this morning and it literally, Scott, I mean, I was sitting there just doing my normal thing and it occurred to me and I stepped back and I said, okay, wait, first off. And Terry smiled and, and, and patted one of the boys on the back. And she said, absolutely. Uh, to give that encouragement, but it didn't. And I don't know why. And I don't, I don't want to say it does cost me something, but I wonder if there is a need I'm trying to unpack it as we talk here for humility. Yeah, but it's also probably, it's also once you have the awareness mm -hmm. of the power that you have in your words and it doesn't come natural to you, there's a lot of things about running a business that don't come naturally to any of us. Let's say I have a I have an office out in you know out by the freeway and it doesn't come naturally to me to think you know doggone it the windows are dirty I'm gonna I'm gonna clean the window I'm gonna clean that front door the grass needs to be mowed that doesn't come naturally to me that's just a an awareness I need to do this because this is good for my business Alert. I need to yeah. do this because this is good for my family I need to do this because this is good for friends around me. So there's that, there's that selfish motivation is if I do this, I'm going to get something huge in return, but there's the, there is the bigger offering of the human spirit to another person that we have the power in our words and our encouragement to lift someone up, to raise their esteem, to help them see their circumstance and their situation through fresh a fresh lens and and to give them self-worth when they may not be able to find it for themselves if i have the power to do that with my words why would i not do that okay so okay i i yes i agree i said i said humility and actually as you're talking i'm thinking there's something vulnerable about it there's something. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, because whoever you extend it to may just look at you and go, uh, "You must be reading a self-help book. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I ever heard." And they'll we'll turn around and walk away. <laughs> you but, must have read you know, one what? of them Zig Ziglar books. But they'll, yeah, you've been reading that Zig Ziglar guy. But they they will remember. I I am sorry, even if someone acts like they don't appreciate it or get it, no one doesn't like having someone tell them. You're doing good. I believe in you. You can, you can do better. This is great. Good job on that. Next week, let's do this. I think you can do this. Those are the kind of thing, or, well, I think we need to do this next week, but you're not the right person for it. So I'm going to obviously have to look somewhere else and, uh -huh. you know, blah, 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 man, just lift somebody up with your words. It doesn't cost anything. That right there. I think you can do this. That's what you gave me when you would come out to the house 
and we'll say, look at what you've done. You gave me that feeling. And I'm trying to think, I mean, it was the expectation. I felt and heard the expectation that I could do this. I could succeed with this. There's a balance there of expectations because I have watched myself, listened to myself, talking to the kids, especially, and even employees, some of saying that of lifting them up. You are doing a great job here. I I think you've even got more in you. That's a lifting up as opposed to look, buddy, I think you can do better world of difference. Same thing. And I get as a father, man, I get the chance to craft how that comes across. Uh, I I do want to hit on authenticity though, because I'm sure most people have been at the hand of an inauthentic encouragement that soured it up some Pollyanna thing or somebody, you know, trying to take a jerk and say something nice about them and they feel inauthentic in it. And maybe they've received that as well. Cause we've heard that we've heard people who've given inauthentic platitudes. Oh, you know, good job. That was a nice, and you don't feel it. You're not feeling the love. I mean, there's, there's an aspect there that again, from Sam Stearman, from you, from Zig Ziglar, if he said it, it was not Pollyanna. He wasn't blowing sunshine up your butt, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I mean, there, there's, I think people smell that as well pretty quickly. I mean, there is no tried and true rule except do the right thing. Do the right thing. I had a football coach in high school, and this is long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) But football coaches have a way of tearing you down, and they have a way of building you back up. I had a coach who would chew you up one side and down the other trying to motivate you to be better. One day he walked up behind me. This was an assistant coach. He walked up behind me at practice and he just walked right up and put his face right next to my, the hole in my helmet uh-huh. so I could hear him. Uh-huh. And he said, Stearman, if I was as big as you, I would walk to the shore of Lake Michigan and I would require the waters to part. <laughs> Wow. And then he walked away. Wow. Instead of saying, Stearman, you big dummy, you're, you're big and strong enough to play better. And you're just, you're playing horrible. And I, you know, I just can't believe this is, don't stop being stupid. No, he came up and challenged me to park the Red Sea and walk across on dry land. I mean, I would have run through a brick wall in that moment with just a simple word of encouragement like that. So he could have said one thing, heading toward the same objective. He, he approached it completely differently, heading toward the exact same objective and no comparison with the results he was going to get out of me in that moment. Was I motivated? Oh, yeah. Was I discouraged? Oh, not at all. Had I not been playing up to my potential? Yeah. But he told me that in a way that told me I can do so much better. When I came out to your house, when you were building your house, and I stood there, and I looked around, and I went, oh, my word, because I knew you were in the you were in the throes of home building, and I built three houses, and yeah. so I knew this, is, this can just be a horrible process and a horrible place. I mean, you were working all day, then working on your business at night. It was just, I don't know how you did it. But I stood there and I looked around at what you had done and I went, he bought this land. He cleared, he cut the trees down and cleared an opening for his home in the middle of an aspen grove on top of Rampart Range at 9,000 feet elevation in the Rocky Mountains. And he is going to give his children this place to grow in, in the rest of their lives, to grow into young adults. He's putting his family here. Oh my word, Kevin Miller, can you believe what you've done? Because as an outsider, I'm looking at what you did and it was astounding. On the inside, you saw bills that had to be paid, boards that had to be bought, things that had to be sawn, I mean, work that had trash that had to be hauled. You, you just saw a, you saw all the, and and I walked on that job site and I went, 
oh my word, look at what you are doing. Look at what you're building. I saw this huge picture. And uh, so, I mean, that's, that's what was going on behind that conversation, that it wasn't, those weren't empty platitudes. That was a sincere observation of, I can't believe what you're building here. This is miraculous. And like that coach who came up behind you, it felt like a spoken prophecy to some degree. That, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that can be, that can be part of encouragement too. You're, you're, you're encouraging someone to become who you see they can become. Mm-hmm. You're not always just observing what they have done. Oh man, you did great. That was good. You know, and there, there's an unspoken uh, question there of, okay, you impressed me today. What are you going to do tomorrow to impress me mm-hmm. again? But when you speak something that's prophetic into someone's spirit, you cause them to look forward and to, and to believe what's over the next hill, to raise their gaze from their circumstances and see what can be. And, and that's, the power of, uh, that's the power of encouragement. It makes me want to be better, but it also casts a vision mm-hmm. for what I, what I can be in the future. Makes yes. me grateful for what I've been, what we've accomplished. Man, I'm so thankful this has gone well. Now I believe I can do more. You know, back to what you said, I'm, I'm typing here, cast the vision. With my kids, and I'm thinking about the people I work with, I mean, what better initiative could I have even for my own self-interest to take an, let's go, let's just go to the workplace to take an employee and to go and to testify to the good that they are doing in this light and help cast a vision for what they could do, not for the business. Sometimes I feel like businesses are too prone to come. You could, you know, you could help make this business because our business, our mission, I mean, that's great for them to know about the business mission, but they care about their own mission. They care about their own vision. If we know what they want, what they're involved in and going after in their personal lives, and we can help cast their vision for the work that they're doing, uh, and as they increase and improve and progress, what it can do for their lives and their legacy, that benefits us just as much as it. And I could say the same thing with my kids. It benefits me as a self-interested thing as well. And yet, when do we do that? Man, Scott, again, I don't, it's not my propensity. Let me ask you this. I want to, I want to ask how you feel about yourself in, in this way, because as I'm thinking about this as to why, <laughs> not that I thought about this before, haven't thought about it before, but maybe not to this depth that, you know, why do I tend to not give encouragement? I don't often feel that encouraging to myself. I set, I have high expectations that are too high. I usually am thinking about what I'm not doing to live up to my own expectations. My expectations for other people are usually too high. I don't know where that came in. So whatever, whatever it exists in me. And so I'm, I'm not easily impressed. Um, and I tend to want to prod them to do better do a better job. And that's what I'm thinking. So now I, and I'm, I'm thinking out loud. If I, if I encourage them, am I enabling where they are? I wonder if that comes into my psyche, some, some places, which makes me not as prone to encourage. You can, you can comment on that, but I wanted to ask you where you felt like you fell in regards to your expectations of yourself. How often do you feel that self-approval? And is that what helps you encourage others more naturally good self-talk does not come naturally to me Hmm. it's so much easier for me to encourage others than it is for me to encourage me and that's just that's a process that i am working through right now in in my book there is a uh one of the stories and is titled The Lies of the Enemy. Mm-hmm. And I have embraced embraced the idea that I that I believe what is true about me is what God has said about me. He has said I'm worthy. He said he said he said I'm worth I'm worth his sacrifice. If I'm worthy of that, 
then how can I be an idiot? How can I be stupid? How can I be, you are, you are such, you are so bad. You are screwing this up so horribly. You're never going to be successful. This is my self-talk. Mm-hmm. I don't say that stuff to anybody, but I say it to me. I would never say to someone, you're an idiot, you are stupid. But I will say that to me in a moment. And it, it is wrong in that it violates what I believe our creator has in mind for us. Mm-hmm. If, if I am his creation, then he, 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 didn't, he didn't create someone on this earth to be stupid. He created someone on this earth with gifts and with abilities and things to offer. And so I am now trying to learn the discipline. It's okay, Kevin, this doesn't come naturally to me either. I'm trying to learn the discipline of when when I hear the lies of the enemy that would speak destruction and condemnation and shame into my life, I'm answering that lie with, that's not true. Ah, you're so stupid. That's not true. You've always been an idiot about business principles. Okay, well that might be true, <laughs> but 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 the but the but the truth is, I'm trying to learn to answer what I know are the lies and what I know are untruths. Yeah. With an affir- with an affirmative acknowledgement that that's not how God created me, so I don't accept that. I don't accept that I'm stupid. I don't accept that I'm an idiot. I'm going to embrace the way I believe that my heavenly father looks at me. So the lies of the enemy, when you hear that negative thing that, that roils inside of you of turmoil and doubt and fear, anxiety, take that and turn it 180 degrees and what is the exact opposite of that? And that, that is how your heavenly father sees you. Mm. You're stupid. You are so stupid. You are not stupid at all. You're smart. You're an idiot. No, you're not. That's a lie. So I'm starting to, I'm starting to have this. If somebody could hear the conversation in my head, I'd probably get committed because <laughs> it's it's this yeah. back and forth conversation of no, you're not, no, you're not, and uh, so well, I mean, hey, that's something that's something we do to ourselves. So that's something that doesn't come naturally to me either. It is, and I'm prone to think that this is part of our own fallen nature as humans because you, for one, and me for two, we did not grow up with not to discount our mothers, but even earthly fathers who said anything of that. I, I got nothing. And I, and I'm to understand you, we got nothing but praise and, and high expectation and encouragement from our earthly fathers. And yet this stuff still internally exists in us. And as you're talking there, Scott, I, I am, I, I am my own worst critic and the things that just naturally come out of my head, even if I'm learning to reject that and to call it out, but the things that naturally come out. Yeah. I would never, I would, I would never say them to anybody on planet earth, no matter what, uh, in my kids. I mean, you know, that could I, I, could you imagine me calling one of my kids an idiot or even saying they did something. Now, you know, we'll joke and say, yeah, dude, buddy, that was a dumb move. And we could joke about that. But to, for them to say that about themselves, man, I, I won't let that go anywhere. I mean, they are, be- you, they are beloved. Yeah. You know, but you know, there are, there are some of, some of your listeners right now who are, who will say that's not my experience. Sure. My dad did sure. say that. My dad did sure. call me stupid. Yeah. And so you, you have to, yeah, man, 
Well, I, I, I point that out to say you and I should have it that much better that we don't have that talk in us. So even with encouraging earthly fathers, we still have that. Yeah. So how much more so for somebody, unless it makes it more blatant for them to reject it because they got it. But yeah, we know a lot of people who have suffered tragically at the hand of that statement. You, yeah. you, you shared a story in our, in our first uh, show together about uh, you out in the, on a trip with uh, your buddy, Ken. And a father oh, yeah. and a father berating his child, and it was Ken, an outsider, who came up and said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. uh." Yeah, he saw he saw injustice, and mm-hmm. he stepped. He didn't just step toward it; he stepped in the middle of it. Yeah, and he said, "This is not. This will not stand. Yeah, this will not be allowed to happen." And Man, so it, it you know it comes it comes down to do the right thing. It did well, and we're and, and we're now talking about the opposite of encouragement. I I still want to just pull this out because even as much as I've talked about encouragement, even as much as I am the host of the Ziggler Show and a voice for the legacy of Zig Ziggler, um, I am not him. I, I I am different. I do not have. Uh, all of his qualities. And, and, and I, I would hope that there's some that I have that he didn't have as well, but man, encouragement, is there any greater power? And yet Scott, it, it is a, I, I, I'm prone to say we're at an all time lack of encouragement today. As we record this on April 27th, 2020, that people are suffering more now today in this information age where we have the ability to transfer a thought in a heartbeat. I could go right now and you, well, you were just talking about cleaning up your email list and having over a thousand people on there. Those are people that you could touch right now with an encouraging word that very good chance. Most of them and most of the people listening here have not heard an encouraging word to themselves in mm. days, weeks, months, or years, or even more. Um, I am blessed that I, and I know you are too. I have a wife and I probably daily get encouragement. I have kids that I get consistent encouragement from. I have listeners who I get encouragement for. You have customers that you're getting encouragement from. Uh, we're if, spoiled rotten. If you are in a position of leadership in any capacity, in your home, in your business, in your school, in your company, in your city, If you're in leadership in any capacity, encouragement is one of the greatest tools you have available to you, and it's just an act of the will whether or not you will exercise it, because it's right there. All you have to do is pull it out of your toolbox and use it, and it is a powerful a powerful tool for anybody in a leadership position. Well, now, okay, you're saying leadership, and I'll pull that into just as when the, the, the topic of sales comes up, we're talking about, back to your book, influence. Uh, you're ta- we're talking about our influence. If you want influence, I, I mean, that right there, you could take, well, it's like sales, you know, secrets of closing the sale, one of Zig's all time, one of the best all time, you know, business books out there, classics. And out of that, how much of it do I use? Probably 1%. Probably like your brain. You know, you so, I use so little of it. I like the assumptive clothes. It's pretty much the only one I use. It's worked really well. I don't know. I, I haven't been convinced I need another one. Uh, in that same breath, you want to become a leader and an influencer. I'm prone to say, Scott, if you simply made encouragement your primary initiative with people, I, I don't think you could go wrong with that. And there is, and, and this is where from a tactical standpoint, boy, you can find encouragement for anyone. I, I, we had an employee here, uh, that she, she had other things. I mean, she legitimately, she warranted lots of encouragement, but I found myself and it would come around, you know, holidays. Cause we did, we do cards as employers. We do cards uh, for holidays, for birthdays, you know, a gift, but a card. And I, for me, I'm a words guy. So I'm going to write something in there. And that's probably one of the biggest areas of legacy encouragement I've done. Because when I write, I, I, I really put effort into it and it means so much to people. But, but just to make a, a small example here, I would always end up saying something I couldn't not about her smile. 
I, I, her smile and her laughter. I hear her laugh authentically so many times per day talking with talking with customers and just an authentic laugh and and just her she was always smiling she was always sharing here in the office Sharon, mm-hmm. you knew Sharon. Oh, yeah. she was always smiling and it was just infectious and i found myself i couldn't not say that but it's such a small thing so i'm thinking to somebody who's in a place uh, in their workplace they're in a place of leadership of influence that something as seeming, I'm not, I don't want to minimize it either. It's smiles huge. I wish more people in the business world would just simply smile. Talk about another powerful, small thing, but, but who, I mean, what a small thing to say, to tell somebody, man, you are always punctual. You're amazing. You haven't been late or you always are the one to, to, uh, check in about, you know, caring for the other employees when it's their birthdays or you're always smiling or there's something, there's gotta be something. Have you ever met anybody you couldn't find something positive that was literally a positive. And if there is, don't, we don't want to talk about that, but I can't think of anybody. <laughs> I can't think of anybody that there wasn't something, even the critic to say, you know what, Bob, you're a jerk, but, uh, you really are good at seeing, you know, some of the flaws and some of those have really, I'm glad that we saw those. I wish you had shared them a little kinder. Uh, and that wasn't the only thing you ever talked about, but yeah, some of those were legit. You know, I, I see that power in you. Yeah, when you when you step into in, into a conversation or a relationship with someone, and you just go, man, their their big attribute that I'm looking for because I want to put some encouragement out right now, and I'm not finding I'm not finding a whole lot right now. That's that's where it just becomes a challenge to look deep inside someone and find. Man, find that find that true spirit that is praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be somebody is, you know, man, I don't know. I don't have a good example, but an em- employee who just struggles on so many levels, but there's one place in their life where they are just stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I've I've worked with uh, I've worked with people who struggled in their work but their personal life they were just superstars you know they were they were average mediocre on the job but after work they were they were downtown and they were feeding homeless people and they were they were taking meals to seniors and they were helping with christmas gifts for families at christmas and you know you just go well it's not anything to do with their job but oh my word do I love the heart that I see inside of you? Yeah. You know, it's find find those find those parts of people that are praiseworthy. And that's that's where you can start. You start building encouragement on that building block, and that will probably blossom into a couple of more building blocks, which will blossom into four more. Yeah. And all of a sudden they I mean there you know there are people, uh, and and I've read I've read their stories, people who who have blossomed because they were put in a position to start experiencing incremental success and every success built on the previous one. And eventually they crawled out of mediocrity and became a, became a star in their own right. And uh, that, and it starts, it starts with that affirmation and encouragement at some level to help people start building on what they have and start building, uh, building more skills and more, uh, more of an influence. Uh, hey, with, hey, Scott, with the people around, me. I don't know how many times people I've had here on this show, uh, people who've, who've had great achievements, who have had great successes and how often they will cite in their personal story, they will cite one person, one person. Yeah. yeah. And, and to think, how could I be at, the end of my life, whenever that may be, and have somebody testify and say, that guy, that guy, not a bunch of it, that guy said this or yeah, did this there, for me. And it changed. One, yeah. one teacher. Yeah. There was one guy at camp. Yeah. Or there was, there was a lady who, who came alongside me and, and helped me believe that I could do something and that set me on a that set me on a different trajectory. I mean, when you look at when you look at your life story, and you see how many forks in the road have been in on your personal journey, and how 
taken the right fork can put you on a completely different track. And I mean, that's, that's nothing profound about that. Well, we've heard, no, that is prof- heard that meta- metaphor. That's what the, but the profound thing about that is that encouragement gives me, gives us the power to transport someone else to that right fork. We can yeah. bring them, we can give them that gift. And, and I, I want to, I do want to pull out, you said earlier, and I, I, I wrote it down, but I didn't, I didn't, uh, we went off on a different way about learned, this is a, a learned awareness. Let's forget about this being natural. This is a learned awareness. I mean, if you go back to sales, if you're going to be a good salesperson, there's no natural born salesperson. Zig Ziglar said that there's no natural born speaker. It is learned. Now you may have somebody that comes a little bit easier to, but the reason Zig was the, the, he went from being a crappy salesperson to the best. He went from being a mediocre speaker to the best is because he was the biggest student of it. So if we bring that over here to encouragement, uh, well, you know what? I'll pull somebody out. Tom Ziglar. Now, Tom Ziglar is an encouragement, an encourager. He's Zig Ziglar's son. How could he not be to some degree? And he is naturally. He's also a learned encourager. And he'll go through times of literally going down a list. And I know when he's doing it, because sometimes I'll pop up on that list and I'll get this text. I've received multiples of them. It seems like I'm always with my wife. So I'll show her, show, show them to her and say, look at this just out of the blue, Tom Ziglar saying how much I meant to his life, how much of a light I am to this life, some encouragement that I'll get out of the blue. Now, here's a cool thing, Scott, that I think this was divulged on a show, but I don't know how many people heard it. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but he, he told me at least that a lot of times when he does that, it's his own therapy for when he's feeling down. That's his trigger. When Tom Ziegler's wow. feeling down, he'll get out his text, his contact list, get his text, and he will text an encouragement to a handful of people. That's his trigger, his, his routine. And he's doing it because it changes his perspective on himself at that point. It's, it's his attitude adjuster. Which is exactly what we're talking about. You're not a natural encourager. Okay. Probably half the people in the world or 75% of the people in the world aren't. Yeah. You become that way because by force of will and by making a conscious decision, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to, I'm not an, I mean, Kevin, you, you, you work out every day. Mm-hmm. This is not a natural predisposition. When you were 13, you rolled out of bed and went, man, I got to run and I got to <laughs> lift. I got to do some cardio. And you move into that place. Now it's second nature yeah. to you. And it's not your, it wasn't your default setting. So if your default setting is not encouragement, that doesn't mean you can't do it. That just means you just haven't done it enough to where it becomes more of a re- more of a reflex than a, than a responsibility. Yeah. If it's if it's a reflex because you know it's right and you see something in somebody and you've been practicing encouragement and all of a sudden you see that little spark something in them, boom! Immediately, that's something worthy of encouragement. I'm going to step into that and encourage them. And I'm going to try and I'm going to try and lift them up. How many of us at the end of the day don't want to finish our day, sit down in our chair and just go, wow, a good day. I feel good because I spoke life into somebody's heart and into somebody's spirit today. How many of us don't want to be able to do that? I contributed to somebody's, uh, to somebody's spirit, somebody's sense of self-worth, somebody's future. I've tried to help them see past how horrible their circumstances are and look a little bit down the road at what can be. I mean, this is, these are all this, these are the same things that we, we hear a lot in self-help circles of man, look past your circumstances and look at, look at the possibilities, you know, and, but it, it it is true with, with encouragement. If we just by discipline and force of will go, I know this is something that is going to be good, not just for me, but it's going to be good for them. They need it. And as a result, I'm going to get a benefit like Tom gets out of writing you those notes. It's something you need, but it's something he needs too. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think that's just—I think that's just the truth of encouragement. My dad needed to do it because he was his default setting was to be depressed. Mm-hmm. 
And he, by force of will, chose joy. He chose happiness in the morning. He chose today is going to be a good day. I'm going to be happy. If he, if he surrendered to where his spirit and emotions would sometimes pull him, he wouldn't do any of that, but he chose, he made a conscious decision. So I've, I've had that modeled in front of me of someone saying, I'm going to choose to be different than the way I feel. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to you, you can choose to encourage your kids, encourage your spouse. You can choose to encourage your employees. You can choose to encourage your supervisor. You can choose to encourage your CEO. I mean, it goes both directions and it's not brown nosing or any of that crazy stuff. It is, this, this is, this is the economy of grace. I, I'm motivated. I'm sitting here thinking of why can't I encourage somebody, obviously my family, but somebody we all have a contact list. We all have the people that we're in contact with once a day, even once a week. What if it was once a week? Yeah. And it's a, it's a text. It used to be, you know, you got to get a, a, a card out and, and do a, you know, an envelope and get a stamp and that, which is incredibly powerful. And I know a lot of people who have made uh, great successes out of themselves just by that sending, you know, handwritten cards, but if it's just a text, talk about costing nothing. It's at our fingertips. I have no idea how many people's text access I have from famous people to uh, somebody, nobody, nobody else would ever know that yeah. I could simply think of one kind thing and say, man, I was just, just thinking about you or something happened. It made me think about this topic. You are, you, you just have always shown in that area. You've always inspired me in that area, whatever it may be. And just thank you for what you Thank you for what you do. Um, Again, it costs us yeah. nothing to do this. And it does everything for the other person. And it will also do everything for me mm -hmm. when I extend it. So I don't see a downside mm -mm. to encouragement. Mm -mm. I don't ever, I have never heard anybody say, man, that guy he ticks me off. He encourages me so much. And I just want to punch him right in the nose. Uh -huh. No, there's no downside. Nobody doesn't like being encouraged. Yeah. And nobody doesn't need it. Scott, a nope. minute, a minute ago, you said the truth of encouragement. That may yeah. be, that may be the title of this show. You know what? I, uh, I'm not even going to apologize to all the, I don't know how many people responded to the questions that we were going to go through today because I don't think there's anything more beneficial we could have done for them or ourselves than to talk about this. And I, I will encourage you, Scott Stearman, you write a book on encouragement. You're coming right back here. I want the first copy and the first show. I, I've already, I've already got the title. Okay. <laughs> I'll show it to you after the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, again, what could be, more needed. And, and I just, I just, we can, we can end on that, that we are talking about, you said multiplying is the right thing to do. That's an altruistic aspect, but as Ziegler, Zig Ziglar was, was a master of showcasing us. It's, it's the right thing to do is generally the most profitable as well. Whatever success yeah. you're looking for, man, I don't know a better method to do it. it, it again, I'm sitting, we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking, why, why do I not do this? Why don't I make an effort to do this? at least once a day for somebody, for my family consistently more. So it's easy to do. I just don't think of it. Well, get a tattoo, uh, put it on my calendar. That's probably what I'll do. Actually put it on my calendar. Who can I encourage today? There can be no downside to making someone else feel good about life. There's no downside, no downside, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for rolling with this. Thank you for bringing your encouragement and I could fill up a long time of, uh, testifying to the power you have had in my, that God has had through you 
in my life through just this encouragement. That's why we have taken over a show today to let the spirit lead us down that road. Thank you. Bless you for the encouragement you've given me, given to others. And now you're going to give to tens of thousands of people. Uh, thank you, Scott Stearman. Hey, you are more than welcome. And everybody out there, go encourage somebody. Yes. Go encourage somebody. Okay, friends, I truly do hope that we elevated the gravity and opportunity of encouragement. Uh, this is something, again, you can do right this second. Send a text, make a call, write a letter or an email, or get face-to-face and encourage someone. Matter to them. Coming up in episode 783, build a world-class self-relationship. Here's a quote. If you're not at your best mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, you're nothing for your family. You're depleted for your customers. You're unhelpful to your neighbors and you're empty for society. Build a strong self relationship because that is the key to every other relationship. It's not selfish. It is selfless. This is our habits episode, and I'm going to be with Robin Sharma. He was my guest from episode 781, where our focus was personal mastery. In this show, the second spoke of relationships, Robin brought a significant paradigm shift to strengthen and deepen his relationship with others. He shared that he must first have a world-class relationship with himself. I just never heard it put that way, and it really inspired me to, again, further elevate my expectations of my own self image. So you're going to hear that and much more in the episode till then folks. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>